whose words are sure, they will receive Yahweh's blessing and righteousness given by the Savior God. They will stand before God, for they seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. Aren't you glad? Are you the ones that seek the pleasure of his face? It goes on and says, So wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity, and welcome the King of glory, for he's about to come through you. And you ask, who is this king of glory? Yahweh armed and ready for battle. Yahweh invisible in every way. So wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you eternal doors. Here he comes. The king of glory is ready to come in. Are you ready? So, Father, today we ask you to come. King of glory, can you, no, y'all help me. Come on, y'all help me. Come on, shake off slumber today. Come on. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, King of glory. You're welcome, King of glory. You're welcome, King of glory. Yeah. Come on, praise him, somebody. Oh, we worship you, King of glory. We worship you, King of glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, y'all just begin to pray in the spirit if you can. Come on. Let's stir ourselves up today. The Bible says to stir up the gift of God within you. So let's begin to stir ourselves up. Come on. We don't need a song. We just need him. Come on. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. She da 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 bandere. Oh, da 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 maye de ne da da bandere. She da 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 bandere da da maye. Oh, da 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 maye de ne da da bandere de 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 de. Mama ya da da bandere baha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 We worship you today. We bless you today. We honor you today. We bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. So good, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. So great are you, Lord. It's your breath. 
It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. You give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken come on let's say and great are you lord great are you lord it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you all. Yeah, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you all. Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Come on, church, all the earth. And all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you. Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Come on, all the earth's gonna shout. All the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you. your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise you pour out it's your breath it's your breath your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs, 
So we pour out our praise to you only. You're great. Oh, great are you, Lord. Come on, all the earth. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you. Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Come on, all the earth, all the earth, all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you. your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you it's your breath it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only oh we pour out our praise we pour out our praise great are you lord oh yeah and all the Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. Come on, just lift your hands across the room and just declare his greatness today. Great are you, Lord. Say, great are you, Lord. Great are you.
praise. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Father, we just thank you for being so good to us today. Come on, can you thank him for being so good to you? So good to us, Jesus. So good to us, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. into the room everything changes darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring when you walk into the room every heart starts burning nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you. Oh, we worship you. Yeah. When you walk into and when you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring. And when you walk into the room, every heart starts burning. Nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you. you yes we do oh and we love you and we'll never stop we can't live without you Jesus we love you for you Jesus oh, oh, Jesus yeah. when you walk into the room sickness starts to vanish every hopeless ceases to exist and when you walk into the room the dead begin to rise cause there is resurrection life in all you do and we love you and we'll never stop we can't live 
without you, Jesus. We love you. We can't get enough, and all this is for you, Jesus. Come on, musicians, you just play before the Lord. your hands and say all for you it's all for you Lord it's all for you Lord yeah it's all for you Lord oh when you walk into Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring when you walk into the room. Every heart starts burning, nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you. worship you worship you worship you worship you we worship you We worship you. We worship you. 
today that every knee shall bow every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever every knee every knee shall bow every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever every knee shall bow every knee shall Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Hey, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue. And every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Every knee, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Oh, I can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising His name, Jesus. I can't stop praising His name. Oh, I just can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Oh, can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name, Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Come on, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Oh, I can't stop, can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop. 
praising his name. Come on, help me out. I can't stop. I can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name, Jesus. Oh, I can't stop. I can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. I can't stop, I can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Oh, I can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. I can't stop, can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. We say Jesus. We say Jesus. We say Jesus. 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 Jesus, the name above all names. Jesus, King of Kings. Jesus, Lord of Lords. Jesus, Alpha and Omega. Jesus, oh, I can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising His name, Jesus. Come on, one more time. I can't, can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Hey, I can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Every knee, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue. Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Come on, give the Lord some praise today. Come on, praise Him. Come on, praise Him. It confuses the enemy. Come on, praise Him. Come on, praise Him this morning. Come on, praise him this morning. Put your hands together. Oh. Come on, we shift the atmosphere today. We serve notice on the enemy today. You have no power. You have no authority. Oh. We bless you, Jesus. His name, I just can't stop praising His name, Jesus. Come on, everybody! I can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising His name. I just can't stop praising His name, Jesus. Come on, one more time! I can't stop, can't stop 
praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Well, I can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Oh, praise him because God's already brought you through it. Praise him because God already brought you through it. Oh, come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise unlocks the heavens. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Mm. We lift you up, Jesus. We lift you up, Jesus. Oh, Ora la maiere di anana maia ya anana ma shebedi arada bande la baka Oh Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Bless you Jesus Thank you Jesus Someone's lower back is being healed right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lower back. Migraine being healed right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. The back of your leg. In the, there's, there's been pain in the back of your leg. You've even said it's probably a blood clot. We rebuke those words in Jesus' name. You're going to be you're healed right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We lift you up, Jesus. Magnify your name. Magnify your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Those watching online, you can step into this moment. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, they that wait on the Lord shall be renewed. Your strength shall be renewed. That like an eagle. Mm, we wait on you, Jesus. We wait on you, Lord. 
wait on you, Lord. We wait on you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. a word just floating in the atmosphere. Thank you, Jesus. Good, good Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, Anita, come sit, stand right here. Come stand right here. Father, we just thank you for this incredible, incredible woman of God. Father, we thank you for restoration of all things pertaining to a need of on. We thank you for restoration, restoring everything that the enemy has stolen. Everything. Hearing be restored in Jesus' name. 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 Be restored in Jesus' name. 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 No more the trauma. Rebuke the trauma. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus. Be loosed, be restored perfectly. Perfectly. And Father, I thank you that she hasn't let the obstacles detour her or distract her from where you've taken her and where you're about to take her. I thank you, Father, that you're moving her into a season of great, great miracles. And, Father, where she's known as music teacher, music leader, I thank you, Father, that, uh, that you're going to add upon her another layer of miracles. Miracles. And Father, as she plays and as she sings, healing will take place. Miracle signs and wonders will take place. She has served everybody else. She has been over backwards for everybody else. She's given up the microphone to everybody else. But the Lord says in this new season I'm bringing you into, 
you'll create and write songs. You'll create and, and, and produce sounds and it'll reverberate and healing will be released. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and the new season she's stepping into. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So honored to have um, Nathan and Lydia Merrow with us this weekend. Aren't you glad they're here? And you can do a lot better than that. <laughs> Amen. So thankful for them. We um, feel like family. Hey, Jason and April, we have y'all some seats up here if y'all want them. And um, so thankful for these guys. They, these guys have been in the, in the red-hot fires of revival. They know about revival. They know what it feels like, sounds like. They know. Amen. And something Lydia said last night, she sur survived revival. And so um, you can survive revival. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's, it's um, revival is something else. Amen. But I'm thankful for them because they the word of the Lord she brought last night, wasn't it amazing? Amen. I'm going to pray and we're going to release uh, Lydia and Nathan to flow in the Holy Ghost. Do whatever you guys want to do. But I want to thank you guys for being here this morning. This is when the hunger, the hunger gather at 10 o'clock <laughs> on a Saturday. And so we're thankful to have everybody here. Those that are watching, God bless you. If you want to give to today's uh, service, there's a box in the back. Uh, you can just put your give your your uh, seed in if you'd like to. Make your check out to TGP. There's a text to give number there, and uh, we're not going to labor labor all that. But I want to thank you guys for being here today. And Father, we just thank you for the servants you sent to Port Natchez and Divider did this weekend. Father, we just bless them. We thank you for the word. That's going to be released today, Father, and we receive it today with all gladness. Our hearts are open, our minds are open, God, and we're ready for a fresh encounter. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, let's stand and welcome Lydia Merrow as she comes and Nathan as they come. Good morning. I'm the one that talks a little different, okay? I'm not from the South. I'm from another country altogether, but it's great to be here. We're honored to be here. Um, but I just wanted to share something a little bit about my story this morning. I think it's going to help Lydia piggyback what she's going to share, but I'm from England. I grew up in England. I'm in, uh, from a place called South Yorkshire. You ever heard of Yorkshire pudding? 
That's where I'm from. But I grew up there all my life and I'd never really left there other than to travel and, you know, go on holiday, vacation, sorry. Other than to go on holiday or go to, you know, certain conferences and stuff, I'd never really lived anywhere else. But how many know that sometimes there's something in you where you feel like, you know what, there's something more. Feel like I'm called somewhere else. I don't know when it's going to take place. I don't know how it's going to take place, but I just knew it with everything within me. And sometimes God has to shift your perspective. Sometimes we're kind of like a horse with blinkers on them. All we can see is our little sphere of where we are and what we're doing. And sometimes God has to let you see the bigger picture so he can move you from where you are to where you're going to be. Can you say amen to that? So I kind of knew there was something going on. And, uh, you know, I, w- I had a good job in business and finance. Finance is my background. I was kind of had a good job. It was great. I was also a worship pastor in a church. That was kind of what I did in church. So not many people really know that. When I married Lydia, you know, she she's the singer, and they have no idea that that was kind of what I did. So I was in an Assemblies of God church. It was great. It had multiple campuses. I loved serving there. I also helped Evangelist Nathan Morris a little bit in my spare time, helping him with his UK office and his finances. So I was a busy busy man in the UK, but I knew something was about to change. And he came to me one day, he said, listen, I know you're a logical man. You're an analytical man. You're probably going to say, heck no, to use an American phrase. But I feel like this was right in the middle of the Bay Revival, by the way. He came back to England for a a little while and uh, came to see me and he said, listen, I'm going to move my office to America. I want you to give up your job. I want you to leave being a worship pastor, leave your family, leave your friends. I want you to move to America on a six-month visa with no promise of extension, and I'll pay you half what you're getting paid right now. That was the offer right there. But I already knew in my spirit the answer was yes. And sometimes when you say yes to something bigger than yourself. It unlocks some of your destiny. So I moved to America. I did it. I moved to America in January, 2012. I ended up meeting Lydia and the rest is history, as they say, but it took that step of obedience, that step of knowing God wanted me to see a bigger picture. And you know, it's almost like God has all the jigsaw and we're just one little piece in the corner, but God has to sometimes Get that piece to where he needs it to release your destiny. And, you know, me and Lydia always joke, if God says tomorrow you got to move to China, we'll do it. We hope he doesn't because I don't like Chinese food. But we did, we did drive through China to get here. China, Texas, right? It's real close. By the way, I'm in Texas, right? I, I went just a few weeks ago to get my first gun. I'm saying that because I'm in Texas, right? I said, listen, I'm becoming really American now because I'm getting my first gun. He's like, no, no, you were an American when you became a citizen. I'm just arming you. But listen, somebody needs to hear this morning that God wants to shift your perspective. He wants you to see the bigger picture, not just where you are, because he has something incredible for you to do, but you have to shift your perspective. It's so important. You know, we always say 
Whatever God wants us to do, wherever he wants us to do it, however he wants to do it, we'll go. Whether it's a church of 10 people or a church of 10,000, it does not matter. God's people are precious. So we go wherever, whenever, however, because we follow what the Lord wants to do. But you in your place right now, it might be somebody in your workplace that God wants you to reach and you might have to shift your thinking and your perspective. It could be something that your pastor's asking you to do in this house that you might think you're not ready for, but he's going to come and ask you, are you ready to shift your perspective to be obedient to the Lord? could be anything in your life. It could be your family members. It could be your friends. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to shift your perspective to discern what God's saying and to be ready to move into a wide open space. Can you say amen? Well, listen, the crazy one's coming. <laughs> she, she says I hide my crazy and she's probably, she's probably right in that. But listen, yeah, yeah. But listen, it's our joy to be here. Thank you for having us. And uh, listen, we hope to see you again. Here she comes. Doesn't he talk pretty? He told the most sanitized version of our courtship that I have ever heard. Um, <laughs> we, when he first came to the States, I didn't like him. I thought he was a British snot. I mean, anyway, <laughs> you know, when you travel, we, the Bay was traveling every weekend, and it was the same team. We'd be somewhere Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, fly home Saturday, and minister at Church of His Presence on Sunday, because we didn't have a backup worship team, I'm being honest. It was the same guys. We were all so sleep deprived. By the time we'd get to Sunday mornings, man, my eyes were burning and my knees were quivering. It was just like, that's when they came out with those five-hour energy things. Yeah. I stopped doing that, though, because one day I thought my heart was going to explode. It didn't sound like a, you know, but anyway. You travel with somebody every week, you get to know them. And if you know somebody tired, you know them. Right? Anyway, so we, our first date was April the 10th, and we were married by August the 5th. I don't even know if I believe in that, but it worked. <laughs> I mean, like, but that's why nobody ever has us speak to their youth group. Right there. But August will be nine years and two babies later. And so, yeah. And like, all, like I said, all I ever did to him was make his hair fall out. So I think it's working out, you know. And this morning before church started, I got a call from the oldest son of Thunder. And he wanted everyone to know that his Starship Enterprise is at warp speed. So, all is well on the home front. But, um, oh, I'm excited about this morning. I want to I talk to us a little differently. Is it okay if we just be a little different? I mean, last night, I think we were full-on preachy, no holds barred, kind of go a little deeper. This morning, it might be a little more prophetic. Is that okay? Okay. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 26. Genesis, chapter 26. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach a message that I call keep on digging. Amen. I kind of feel funny about preaching that in Texas, though, because, like, you might have an Uncle Jed moment. You might hit something. You might be water, but it might be Texas tea. Come on, somebody. I was telling the pastors last night after church, we were in Louisiana a few weeks ago, but it was right next door to Texas. We actually, our hotel was in Texas. 
We're in Atlanta, Texas. I'm from Georgia. I was like, well, dog, I didn't even know there was another one. You know, but there were oil wells everywhere. Between the airport and the church, I counted like 25 oil wells. Some of them were in people's front yards. Some of them were in parking lots. Nothing but digging everywhere, everywhere you looked. I love it. I love it. And you know, <clears throat> this region of the world is known for digging, so we might as well just go for it, right? Keep on digging. Before we actually read in the scripture, I need to set it up for you. Um, I appreciate God for putting guys like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the Bible because sometimes they acted really stupid. I find it help, helpful to differentiate. You want to know a real sign of spiritual maturity is when you begin to understand that some things happen because God allows it so that you can grow up. Some things happen because the enemy is attacking you. But there's a third category that nobody likes. You ready? Some things happen because you acted stupid. Dear Pentecostal brothers and sisters, it will help you grow up if you will begin to understand that some of the junk you went through is because you didn't make a very good decision. The other day, my oldest boy acted out and we ministered unto him. Y'all okay? I am in Texas, right? <laughs> Praise God for the internet. Don't nobody write me. He said, Mama, I don't like to get in trouble. I said, I don't like getting you in trouble. But it is my job. Many times when I'm correcting him, I'll hear the Holy Ghost go. <laughs> <laughs> it's my job to make sure that you grow up correctly. When you make bad decisions, I told him, you made about five bad decisions that led you to this. When you make bad choices, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my five-year-old, I'll say, Malachi, what does obedience bring? He says, blessings. What does disobedience bring? He says, pain and suffering. <laughs> One day we'll bring the kids and then you'll really have church. <laughs> so there was... In this passage we're going to deal with this morning, some of the things that are going on were just life. For instance, Isaac had no control over the fact that a famine hit the land. He is a sojourner, a traveler, just like his daddy. He doesn't own any property. That's what it means. He is, uh, he's intense. He's got livestock. He's got herds. I'm throwing paper on the floor. That's awesome. Thanks, bro. And in the midst of it, there hits of there hits a famine right in the whole in the whole countryside. And God tells him, Don't leave the territory. I want you to pretty well stay put, which is amazing to me. Because God is in that command, God is promising, I'll sustain you. I know who's in your household. I know who's called to your assignment. I, I know what possessions you have. I understand that flocks and herds are going to need sustenance. If you'll stay where I tell you to, I'll sustain you when it doesn't look like that's even possible. He decides not to go to Egypt. Scholars think that what happens is that, that, that Isaac is on his way to Egypt and the Lord stopped him. said, I'm the God of your fathers. I've covenanted with your family to give you this territory. Don't leave the territory. So he stays where he is. But where he is is the territory of the Philistines. Now, the famine you could chalk up to an attack of the enemy. He loves to steal, kill, and destroy, right? What do famines do? Okay, so we could give that one to the devil, sure. I could see that. 
But now Isaac is in Philistine territory and he goes for a really dumb plan that didn't work out for his dad. He tells the Philistines that Rebecca, his wife, is his sister. That's just about 14 different kinds of stupid. Nothing bad could come from this, right? He t- his dad had already tried this with disastrous results. Why Isaac decided we're going to have another go at this, nobody knows. But apparently Rebecca was just drop-dead gorgeous, and he just knew that somebody was going to kill him and take his wife. So in a moment of insecurity, the devil had nothing to do with this. Are y'all listening? His insecurity caused him to tell a lie to protect himself. How many know protective lying is still lying? We're not preaching that this morning. I just want to get that out there. You lying to save your can is still wrong. Thank you. Okay. So in this moment, Isaac has a situation that the devil did generate. And then he has that which he did because he was a moron. Both of those things work together. And now what happens is the Philistine king sees Isaac and Rebecca having a moment. They, they kiss into something. The Bible says he was caressing his wife. Don't nobody get mad at me. It's right there in the Bible. <laughs> now, when the king sees that, he said, why did you lie to us like this? Any of us could have taken your wife and brought the wrath of God on us. How could you do this to us? Isaac said, I was afraid. Wasn't even the devil. I was just afraid. So Isaac has now created an international incident. Isaac has now created a hostility with the Philistines that isn't even the Philistines' fault, and you couldn't really blame the devil for it. It just got created because of Isaac's insecurity. And that's where we're going to start. You guys okay? Genesis 26, look with me at verse 12. In that famine, in that moment, it says this. Now, Isaac sowed in the land. By the way, I'm not going to be preaching about money today. They already took the offering. Everybody breathe, okay? Some of this will be a little bit about money, but not all of it, and I just need you to relax. I'm not one of those preachers anyway, okay? Okay, I'm just checking on you. Now, Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year. Come on, the same year as what? The same year as the famine. He sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. For he had possessions of flocks and herds and a very great household so that the Philistines envied him. So they were already hostile. Now they are jealous. Not a good deal, right? Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. Would they have cared if Isaac hadn't acted out? Then Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are too powerful for us. And Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Watch it now. And then Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the same names which his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley, see, now we're going to take fresh territory. We're going to dig again. Come on, somebody. 
But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, living water, depending on your translation, the herdsmen of Gerar um, quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, the water is ours. So he named the well Esek. That means contention because they contended with him. Verse 21, they dug another well and they quarreled over it too. So he named it Sitna. That means hostility or antagonization. Y'all okay? He moved away from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he named it Rehoboth for he said, at last the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Beersheba. The Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants dug a well. I want to get into it this morning. Are y'all okay? You see, he was in a situation that he didn't create. He was in a famine. This is something he'd have no control over. But then because he acted out, he creates a situation of tension, of hostility with the Philistines. But I need us to understand this morning that God had that boy keep on digging. You see, when (laughs) I heard the Lord, when I read this passage, I heard the Lord say, you're coming out of a season where yes, there was a blessing that had been poured out, but now I am taking you out of a season of compression and confinement and into a season of wide open spaces. Can you say, can you say Rehoboth? Rehoboth means wide open spaces. You know, one night, I was on my way across the, the, the Mobile Bay. This is back in the days of the revival. I was on my way across the bay. And you, to go the quickest way, and I'm all about let's get there, the quickest way to get through across to the other side of the bay into Mobile from Daphne is to take the bayway, which goes into the tunnel. I hate that tunnel. <laughs> like, it's just not cool. I'm like... Like, I'm not you. I don't freak out on airplanes, but like this tunnel, I don't know y'all. I watched 24 back in the day and I keep, there's these doors in those tunnels and I'm just so convinced that Kiefer Sutherland's going to come popping out of one of those doors. And you know, if he does, we're all going to die, right? Like it's, I'm just, I'm sorry. And then they had him come out in a tunnel like that in one of the shows. And I was like, oh my gosh, they hurt me. So the tunnel freaked me out. The locals, what you do is when you get in that tunnel and you're riding, you're actually under the bay, which I mean, but anyway, you're under the bay and you can feel the compression. You're in an enclosed space, a very defined space. And as I was traveling over this one night, I was on the phone with one of my cousins and I love her to death, but I wasn't really listening because I was listening to how compressed it was. You hear in the locals, you, you got two groups of thought and how you're supposed to drive across the bay. One group, of, one school of thought is you're supposed to hold your breath for the entire tunnel. Nobody really knows why, but you're supposed to do that. The other school of thought is you need to honk your horn all the way through that tunnel because it echoes because of the compression. I mean... Either way, it's going to at least help you pass the time, right? And I'm listening to horns honk. I'm listening to how echoey it is because of the confinement. I come out on the other side of the tunnel into Mobile. You're you're technically on I-10. You're on Interstate 10. You come out of that tunnel, and the sound is as high as the sky. 
because you came out of the tight space and into the wide open space. And that night, I heard the Holy Ghost say to me in Mobile, and just like that, you've crossed over. I said, chick, I'm going to have to call you back. I'm about to wreck my car in I-10. Because God was giving me an object lesson. There is a season. There are seasons of your life when you will be confined to a certain territory. Can we be a little more prophetic today? There's going to be times when you are confined to a defined space. You will feel the compression of it. You'll feel like there's nowhere to go. I can't, I, there's just not enough room. But let me tell you, the Lord can snatch you up out of compression and confinement in a single moment. Boom, boom. Just like that, you've crossed over. Rehoboth. See, I love this story because I don't know about y'all, but I've been an idiot like Isaac too. This is a season of transition. There is shift in this region. I started to say in this church, and yes, it is, but there is shifting in this region. Now, I need you to understand that when we, when we say things like that in the moment, in the room, you're going to say, yes, amen, praise God. But when you get home, you're probably going to say, oh, crap. Because what God is meaning by that may be different than what you had in mind. Come on, come on. He just told you, Nathan just told you, we live our lives like this. Sometimes, do you know that we have now uh, already one time sold our forever home? We bought a fixer upper in Alabama that we loved because we were going to live there until we died. And the Lord said, move to Florida. And we said, no. At first we said, no. Nah. The person that had originally prophesied to us, we informed them that they'd had pizza before they went to bed. We did. And then the Lord wouldn't leave us alone. We put that house on the market and it sold so fast we ended up homeless for three months. And that's when we found out we were pregnant with our firstborn. Welcome to the Marrow's life. I told him, I'm like, we've only been married for, it's, it's just coming up on nine years. But dog, if we hadn't packed a whole lot of life in that amount of time, this is what 20 years would look like for other folks, I think. We, we live in a way where everything is on the table for surrender. When I say shift and you say amen, I want you to be aware that by the time you get home, that could work on you in an entirely different way. Because the assignment that you think you have right now, I'm preaching whether you like it or not, it might be a little different than where you're going to end up. God has the ability to snatch you out of it. See, anybody in the military will tell you, you're only as good as your ability to obey orders. And my dad, I grew up in a military town. Augusta's an army town. And what, what it was, we had people come through all the time that would serve for a couple of years, live in Augusta a couple of years. It's fine for you to have a house or live on base. It's fine for you to buy a car. It's fine for you to lease a car. But when your next marching orders come, you might be selling all of that and moving on because you are only as good as your obedience to the orders given. When I say there's a shifting, you better get ready because I see God handing out marching orders in the room this morning. Hallelujah. Isaac sowed in the middle of a season of famine. There's a few things that, that are interesting to me about that. First of all, Isaac isn't famous for planting things. Isaac was famous as a herdsman. We just read it. Isaac was famous for, for raising animals. In that day, wealth would be described in terms of flocks and herds. Isaac, come on, Texas, was a cowboy. Okay? He's a shepherd. He's a ranch hand. He is the rancher. He's not famous for planting things. How else would he have decided, I'm going to plant... I'm going to invest in a season of famine. 
I'm not a farmer, and even I know that that's really dumb. Come on, y'all. When I say so, so many people have used that to mean money. And like I said, we're not taking up another offering. Please hear it with me like this. He invested his life at a time when that didn't make sense. Is that okay to say it like that? Because what kind of moron gets a call to ministry in the middle of a global pandemic? What kind of moron decides my life for the gospel in a hostile nation that is in the middle of trying to turn away from God? Come on, y'all. But Isaac invested his life in a season of famine. Do you know, if when we look back on the COVID era, I believe with all my heart that more than anything else, we'll realize it was a famine. Woke up in 2020 with a, with a calendar that was booked to the nth degree. And in a moment... Everything shuts down. Not only that, the devil tried to kill my mama. She got breast cancer. She had a double mastectomy the day that Florida and Georgia shut down their states. So I don't even get to be there for my mom's surgery. That happens in a moment. I didn't ask for it. This is a famine. I didn't, I didn't cause the pandemic. I mean, you can blame me for a lot of stuff, but I did not do the Rona, Okay. <laughs> You don't have to like my preaching, but I did not release a plague, okay? I'm just saying. We find ourselves by no faults of our own stuck at home for months. In fact, we laughed. We had never before been home for a three and a half month period straight in our entire marriage. It had just never happened. Between the Bay Revival and Shake the Nations, it had never happened. We were like, what do the normal people do on a Saturday? We all went to Lowe's one day. I was like, man, I bet this is what the normal people do. <laughs> I was just like, we decided we got happy. We decided we'd go to Walmart with the whole family. And I don't think we're ever going to do that again if Jesus will help us. <laughs> Jeremiah was throwing things in the cart and we didn't even want it. And we just, you know, like, why are we buying dog food? Nobody knows. It's just, it was bad. <laughs> we would find ourselves in a situation. Is it okay this morning? I know it's different. Is this Okay. We found ourselves in a situation where, you know, our friends and our family in the United Kingdom, they were locked down quite a lot worse than we were. And some of them still are, depending on where they are. Um, I don't know why they're still also nervous over there. They've just near about everybody had it. But anyway, what do you know? But in the midst of it, we had churches reaching out and saying, would you preach for us online? So sometimes a Sunday at the Merrill House would look like, well, I'd get up, I'd put on my little Shake the Nation shirt. From the waist up, I'd be wearing my Shake the Nation shirt. From the waist down, I was wearing basketball shorts and no shoes because, hey, it's Florida. And I'd, I'd be preaching by 6.30 in the morning. Time difference. Be preaching by 6.30. That takes something right there. I'm not going to lie. That was rough. I felt my flesh on the cross on that one, right? Like, I'm going to need all the coffee. There's some preachers that are morning people. I'm not among them. It did not work out like that for me. 6.30 in the morning, I'm preaching on Zoom in my Shake the Nation shirt and my basketball shorts. By 9 o'clock, we're watching our church live stream, okay? And then by 10.30, we're going to the beach or something because we're free. And it was just like, this is the strangest season. In this season, I need you to do a math problem with me. I'm talking about investing your life in a famine right now. We're going to go somewhere with this in a second. But in this season, you know, we are, we work for an international evangelistic ministry. So if we don't go preach, 
Number one, there's not going to be any money for any crusades. That is bad. Come on. Number two, there's not going to be any money for paychecks either. Well, I've got two boys and they're fond of eating. So much so that we are terrified about when they become teenagers because we're gonna, <laughs> we're in trouble. Jeremiah would eat all day, every day if I let him do it. He's just a piece of work. And he looks, that's why he's two and a half, but he looks like he ate a two-year-old. He's just like, what are you feeding that boy? I'm like, well, everything, including rocks, bugs, and dirt. <laughs> that wasn't my choice, but that was his. And he's doing his own thing. John the Baptist did it and turned out all right. We let him do what he does. <laughs> I'm not fishing beetle legs out of his mouth again. I've done it once. I'm not doing it twice. If he chooses to eat a beetle, we're going to plead the blood of Jesus and move on. We decided in the middle of this COVID famine where there is no income, we're going to give more. Is this okay? I promise, I promise I'm not taking another offer. Is this okay? We decided we're going to give more. Because if Isaac, I quoted the scripture tonight, then if Isaac sowed in a famine and reaped a hundredfold, we can't afford to not have seed in the ground on this thing. Remember my mom and dad called and said, what y'all going to do? Say, we're going to do what you do, and we're going to trust Jesus and say, have mercy, Lord. And just believe God. Can I tell you the, the incredible way that we got blessed in 2020? Can, is it okay to testify? We were never late on one bill. It never happened. There was not one time when I had to look at my husband and said, I'm not sure how we're going to go buy the groceries today. We, I, God would send financial stuff from stupid places. It's just out of the clear blue sky. People call up and go, the Holy Ghost said this, boom. And it's like, oh my gosh. And in a season where there was no income, there was income because those who will invest their life will always find that you will reap a 100-fold harvest in the famine. There is an audacity. There is an audacious faith associated with looking at a famine and putting some seed in the ground. It takes audacious faith to say, I'm going to go to a nation that is not Christian, that will chase us with the secret police. It takes audacious faith to say, I'm going to invest my life even when I can't go anywhere because we are on lockdown. It takes audacious faith to put seed in the ground in a famine. Now, God hit that harvest, not because, not because uh, Isaac was such a great farmer. He's kind of an idiot, right? But because of the faith it took to believe God, to honor God's command to stay in the territory and to put seed in the ground, heaven hit that harvest. That's what we need God to do, right? Come on, can you say amen? We need heaven to hit the harvest. Well, heaven hit that harvest and it multiplies. But the first thing that happens is the Philistines said, you've got to get out of here. Yeah. Do y'all know hell will let you have a ministry? You can have a church. The devil don't care. That's not that big of a threat. But when you start going after the harvest, you better get ready because that's when the attack's about to bear down on you. You got to move away from us. You're too We cannot coexist. Y'all seen that bumper sticker? It makes me crazy. Coexist. And it's made of all the religious symbols in the world. Makes me want to throw things. We are not here to coexist with our enemy. We are here to claim the territory. We are not going to concede the territory in Jesus' name. The moment Isaac went after the harvest, he became a problem to the Philistines. 
Now, the original hostility was his fault, but this one, this was the devil. And see, when you get a bigger harvest, you get more flocks and herds. And when you have more flocks and herds, you need a source of water. So it's time to dig, right? So the Bible says that Isaac put his shovel in that dry, parched earth. And when he dug a little deeper, he struck water. The Philistines were first angry at him over the blessing, but over the harvest, right? But now they're mad because he struck water. Because the devil does not mind us meeting at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. But if you tap into living water, now we've got a problem. You see, the word in Hebrew, when you're dealing with, it says flowing water or living water. He found living water. In the Hebrew, they use the word chaya. It means to come alive. And it is translated all over your Bible as revive or revival. Oh, 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 come on somebody. Please remember with me that Jesus looked at that little girl by the well who had been living like hell. Come on, y'all. And he said, let me introduce myself to you. I am the living water. The moment Isaac struck revival water, we had a problem. I don't ever remember the devil getting super mad. We had moments where we'd go through attack at Church of His Presence. But let me tell you, the moment we struck living water on July the 23rd, 2010, and the Bay Revival broke out, you better know. Listen, we had a grace period of about a month, month and a half. And then it was like the devil found out. And oh my goodness, it went crazy. You can still Google us and find out that the, I mean, Nightline decided that Evangelist Nathan was a Vegas hypnotist. And they decided I had Tourette's. I told y'all that last night. I can't remember what they said about Pastor Kilpatrick, but I'm sure it wasn't very nice. Because the devil doesn't mind us having a little church club. But the minute you dig a little deeper, come on, say keep on digging. The minute you keep on digging, dig a little deeper, and you hit living water, the devil's going to breathe down your neck. See, Isaac called it Esek. He called it contention. (laughs) The enemy contended with him over that revival water. Do you still want revival? See, Isaac had an understanding. If I'm going to have to relocate... (laughs) then it's time to go a little deeper instead of becoming offended that the devil was fighting him. Some of y'all would do you a lot of good. If you'd stop acting so surprised that the devil's not proud of you for being a great witness for Jesus. Isaac got an understanding. Now I'm not going to fight with him about this. I I refuse to participate in this contention. I'm going to come over here and I'm going to dig again. Come on. Because, because every time he hit the dirt, he would strike water every single time. Isaac understood that, that, that he needed to re- relocate and dig a little deeper. He had already survived the tension of being blessed in the enemy's territory. I said last night that I survived revival. You know, one of the reasons I believe Mobile ended, it was two and a half years, three years of revival at the Bay. One of the reasons I think, I think that it ended is because the city of Mobile itself voted no. 
people would come from all over the world. We'd get emails from Saudi Arabia saying, I just prayed the sinner's prayer tonight with Evangelist Nathan. And if they find out, they're going to behead me. But thanks for preaching the gospel. People would email us from China. Thank you for worshiping the Lord the way you do. Thank you for preaching the gospel the way you do. But the city of Mobile, where the heck were they? Can I tell you? Isek. They were the well of contention. They wanted to contend. Why? Because it didn't happen in their church. Man, I, you might have to pull this all offline. I don't know. They, it didn't happen in their ministry, so surely it wasn't God. Uh, if, if, if Delia Knox can get up and walk, it, it wasn't because of you. It was because of this, that, or the other. And we're just over here going, there's a well. There's living water. Who cares what this is packaged like? Why aren't you thirsty enough to drink the living water? But Isaac understood what it was like to get blessed. We, I remember, <laughs> I'm going to talk really real now. I remember what it was like to stand and lead worship at the bay and watch people who were from my last season who had told me that if I wasn't associated with them, I'd never be heard from again. I remember when they came to the bay. You ever been blessed in the enemy's territory? And I knew God had done a work in my heart because instead of flowing in the anointing of the spirit of slap, I hugged him and said, it's so good to see you. I knew I had gotten through it. I knew I'd broken through. I love you. It's good to see you. You okay? Jesus, touch him. I knew. Okay. You see, the Philistines couldn't handle the blessing that was being poured out. Let me talk about it like this. I told you Jeremiah is a pretty big guy for his age. Okay. He's a cuteness. He'll come up and kiss you right on the mouth. He's the guy they wrote sloppy wet kiss about, right? Okay. Thank God he's a cuddle bear because he's also a gorilla. It's like there's a game of football. I told, told him last night in the back room. It's like there's a game of football always in progress at my house. Jeremiah is the linebacker and he's coming. Like, And he'll keep on coming. He's very determined. And like our home church, Calvary in, in Ormond Beach, they relocated the nursery, put it in the main camp, main sanctuary uh, building, and they had moved it from a different building. So in the remodeling, the, the nursery that Jeremiah's in, they didn't actually have a door. It was just a great big gate. It was one of those baby gate things, a bunch of them, right? Well, and I mean, now the outer area of that nursery was enclosed with a door, but I'm talking about his actual room had a big baby gate. Now, all the other two-year-olds were fine with that arrangement, and they were happy to eat their goldfish and watch VeggieTales. <laughs> Jeremiah Mero walks up to that gate. He observed one of the nursery workers lift it up, and that was the ball game right there, man, because the rest of the time, I come to pick him up after church, and there's this precious lady there. <laughs> She's, she loves my boy, and, and, and forgive me for this, y'all, but she's black. I love her so much. Come over there, and I said, how's he doing today? She said, mm-hmm, he my little escape artist. I said, what do you mean? She said, all day long after he saw them pick up that gate, all he's been doing is picking up that gate and running out. He has been determined to escape the whole time. So the executive pastor at Calvary came up to my husband and said, I've been getting emails from the nursery workers. And Nathan said, really? He's trying to act like he doesn't know. Really? Oh, yeah, because they keep saying we need a door and a wall there. And now I'm literally under construction for the nursery at this church. And I want you to know that I know it's for Jeremiah Marrow. Because they needed to confine that kid. Can I tell you, 
This morning, I need you to understand with me that God is about to take you out of a season of confinement. He's about to bring a wrecking ball to the structures of confinement that the enemy has tried to erect against you. He's about to knock those structures down and there's no devil in hell that can shut the door when God opens it. Are you hearing me this morning? He said, I have the key of David and what I open, no man can shut. Say, keep on digging. Hosea 10 verse 12 says this. Sow with a view to righteousness. Reap in accordance with kindness. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes to rain righteousness on you. That is called a revival scripture. If you'll get the plow and the shovel, you're going to hit water and you're going to see a demonstration of the reign of the Holy Ghost. See, in the kingdom, you have to always be willing to work with a plow and a shovel. Y'all awake? Y'all want me to talk about the Vanguard again? Are you okay? Because this is what Vanguard folks do. It takes folks in the Vanguard to get a shovel out and dig deep in the middle of a famine. It takes, it takes Vanguard folk to dig up your fallow ground. It doesn't say pray for your pastor to dig up your fallow ground. It doesn't say get in a prayer line to dig up your fallow ground. Get into an anointing service to dig up your fallow. No, 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 friend. It said you do it. In the middle of hostility, in the middle of contention, break up your fallow ground. He kept on digging. Tenacity. He's got audacity to sow in a famine, but he has tenacity to keep that shovel handy and keep on digging. See, you either take a stand in the contention or you might as well pack it up and go home. The second well, it was called, uh, let me see, it was called Sitna. That's a good one, right? Don't name your kid that, okay? The Bible says, that that second well, the meaning of that name was called hostility or antagonism. You ever had that kind of attack? Where it's like, y'all ever do that when your kids where it's like, where's your brother? <laughs> the antagonist, she said, mama said, they still do that. <laughs> it's antagonization. You know. I'm the oldest. My brother is four and a half years younger than me. And we were so close to my little cousin, Bethany. It was almost like a little sister instead of a cousin. So I remember one day we're all driving down the road. And uh, Bethany was poking my brother. She's the baby. Baby is of the family. Act like babies of the family. She's just poking him on the arm. And she's just not letting, letting up with it. And he took it for a good long while, and finally he just lost it. And he told my aunt, and he goes, Aunt Lyd, you better make her stop. She's driving me crazy. And Aunt Lyd said, Bethany, what are you doing? She goes, she's about three years old. She goes, I'm just antagonizing him. <laughs> it's those nitpicky attacks. The stupid things. The comments on social media. I just got on TikTok, which I can't say was an excellent life decision. I just thought, my thinking was, it's a very dark place, so let's preach Jesus. That was the only deal there. Like, let's preach Jesus in a very dark place. What I've learned now a couple of months down the road is that no one on TikTok is fully clothed. They celebrate every perversion that you can think of and a few that you probably couldn't. They, they swear like <laughs> sailors, but they all know one scripture. Can you guess what it is? Women should keep silent in the church. I said the other day, I'm going to need y'all to read the whole book. 
If you read the whole book, you'll probably get some clothes on, stop being drunk and high, and then you can talk to me about one minute scripture in the Bible that you're ripping out of context. And until you read the rest of the book, why don't you shut up? I'm talking about antagonization. I'm trying to do something for the kingdom, and you over here poking at me. Come on, y'all. Is anybody going to get real this morning? Hey, it's when, it's when your church services are going great, but your kids are just acting nuts and you can't get them to stop. It's antagonization. It's every time you get a step forward, you find the enemy messing in your finances and you're, where are we going to get the money to do this? And why are we always this tight? We're doing everything right. What's going on here? It's when everything's going great in your family, but your boss is acting like a jerk. Come on, y'all. It's antagonization. He hits Living water again. He hits revival water, but here comes the antagonists. Real revivalists are made in the famine. The tenacity to keep on digging. The tenacity to not argue back with those people. I can't tell you how many comments on Facebook I've deleted. How many videos I tried to record and then deleted them too. I always want, sometimes I'm just being honest. Some of them I roll my eyes and hit delete. Some of them I want to take them on. Bum, bum, bum. Another one bites dust. I want to go. <laughs> Aggravates the snot out of me. But I always remember Reinhard Bonnke said, you do not get off a harvesting combine to deal with a field mouse. What I love about Isaac is when he went through the well of contention and then he went through the well of hostility and antagonization. He did not argue back. He just moved on and dug again. Can I tell you, if you really want revival in Texas, you need to adopt some thicker skin, boo-boo, and you need to adopt a spinal cord in Jesus' name, and you need to make sure that every time the devil tries to raise a dispute with you, you just go, well, I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to take my shovel with me. Come on, y'all. It's time to dig again. I don't care what didn't work in the 90s of the Brownsville era. I don't care what didn't work in the 2000s with the Bay. I'm telling you, it's time to dig again. Hallelujah. Every time he put the shovel in the dirt, he struck living water in an area of geography that is still famous for being dry. We got some friends that just moved over there, tried to show me their skyline. They're looking over toward Tel Aviv, which is fun right now because that includes fireworks. We couldn't see the skyline real clearly because it, it was too dusty. They're not going to have rain until, I don't know, September or something crazy like that. In a land that's famous for being dry, he can't help but strike water. And it's then that he decides to <laughs> dig one more time. He moves away from the antagonization and he goes to dig one more time. And here's where I want to camp for a minute. He digs, he hits living water, and he names it Rehoboth. Wide open spaces. He had experienced that tension of being blessed in the enemy's territory and not having room to contain that blessing. I love the Owens for talking about sustained revival, but you can only stay, sustain a revival that you have room for. Right. Yes. Come on, y'all. 
You want a revival. If God pours out the revival that you're asking for, you don't have room to contain it right now. So we've got to get you. I'm preaching right now. I'm prophesying really from where you are right now. We've got to take you from where you are now and relocate you to Rehoboth so that you can contain what you want to sustain. You see, the, the containment, the confinement, the shackles of the last season are falling down around your ankles right now. We are coming into a wide open season and a wide open space in the name of the Lord. I need you to understand that some of the confinement and some of the contention has simply been because other people around you, other ministers around you have tried to define you according to their expectations instead of the mandate of the word of the Lord. But I came to say in the name of Jesus, Rehoboth! There's power in understanding who you are and who you're not. I'll give you an example. I'm not really an evangelist. If you're going to fivefold me, that's not where I fall. Now, I preach the blood like anybody else. I don't think a preacher's worth their salt if they can't preach the blood. I don't care where you fall in that fivefold. If you've got something to preach about that's not the blood of Jesus, you need to go back and read the book again because it's a big deal. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. I told, I told the pastors last night in the back, you know, back in the Bay, I was leading worship 98% of the time, preaching once in a blue moon. I thought I was a worship leader who occasionally preached. I wasn't asking God to do this to me. This, it wasn't a stepping stone for me. I was going to lead worship for John Kilpatrick until I had dentures. <laughs> if he retired or went to heaven, we could talk. Until then, not so much. That's how it was. It's 2021, and I'm just as surprised as anybody to find out that I'm a preacher that occasionally leads worship. Well-intentioned people tried to pigeonhole me according to how they knew me from the last season, but that was a couple of wells ago. See, I'm talking about it ain't going to matter what area you serve in anymore. You're just going to move into a wide-open space, so your pigeonhole is not going to chain you down anymore. What I love about the Rehoboth well is that when Isaac struck water at the wide open spaces, he said, finally, God has made room for us. And we know that it's true because the Philistines said, we're going to let him have that one. We're done fighting him. Oh, man, I don't know what y'all want God to do for you in the next season. But in my Rehoboth season, one of the main things I'm looking forward to is the devil going, you know, every time we bother that chick, she just goes and digs somewhere else. We're going to let her have that one. We're just not even going to contest that. We're going to just let her flow in it. Because let me tell you, in a Rehoboth season, the Bible says even your enemies will be made to live at peace with you. I didn't read the whole thing, but it, it comes, if you, if you keep on reading in Genesis 26, you find out that the Philistines, the same ones who have been angry at Isaac and not completely without reason, come on, those same Philistines showed up to make a peace treaty with him because they said, you are too blessed. We know God is with you and we don't want to fight you anymore. So they sat down at the table. Come on, Psalm 23 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, we've always, I've heard everybody I know preach that like you're going to eat a steak and make the devil watch. 
That is not what it was about. Do you understand? For one thing, I'm not eating a steak with the devil. It's not happening. Come on, y'all. Okay, here's what it really means. If you go to the Middle East now and they announce that two tribes are about to come to the table and eat dinner, everybody knows that a peace treaty is being discussed. Everybody knows that they're going to sit down and work it out and nobody's eating dinner until we have come to a ceasefire. Come on, come on, come on. So in the midst of it, you're thinking I'm talking about you're going to eat a steak while the devil watches. No, I'm talking about the pastors that you don't like anymore because y'all fell out over something a long time ago. Y'all going to sit down at the table that God has prepared for you in this season. And all of a sudden, the person you thought was your enemy is about to be at peace with you until you work together for the sake of the kingdom in this area. Now, I eat a steak with that guy. Come on, y'all. Rehoboth, it's the place where the enemy stops fighting you over that which he's always fought you for. Come on. The living water. Is it okay to go a little bit, a little bit longer? Okay. Y'all want to go a little bit deeper? Who wants to go to nerd school today? I earned my nerd glasses. I don't know what y'all was doing, but I get my greatest blessings playing with encyclopedias and dictionaries. You, you, you ready? I want to talk about the water. Back in the Browns Revival, my friend Jesse Rogers wrote the song, There is a River. Remember that? Whose streams make glad the city of our God. I called her one time. I was like, I was in Malaysia, and they were singing that. They don't even know you. They're singing your song, girlfriend. Can we talk about what that song means for just a minute? Because, and Jesse and I have actually gotten to talk at length about this. This is so cool. There is a river is one of those things we sing, and we just think we mean we're going to have a good Holy Ghost time. Well, I'm all about the good Holy Ghost time, but there's a little bit more to that story. You see, the water that's being talked about in that river matters. What we're talking about, it's a big deal in Scripture. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. Okay, where is the city of our God? Uh-oh, y'all want some more coffee? The city of our God is still Jerusalem. I don't care what preacher told you that's not a thing anymore, but when Jesus comes back, he's going to reign from Jerusalem. That is the city of our God. God said, I've put my name there. And he has never and will never change his mind about that. Now, everybody wants to act crazy and fire some rockets. If they'd like to waste firepower, that's their problem. But God has never changed his mind about Jerusalem or Israel. Okay, okay, okay. So Jerusalem is the city of our God. But that scripture, Psalm 46, it says there is a river. There's not a natural river in Jerusalem, but the Bible's true. So what do we have here? Here's what it is. There's a stream south of Jerusalem. It's called the Gihon Springs. You should really like this, this place because watch it now. Gihon means abundant breakthrough. This sounds like living water to me. Where is your breakthrough? It's in the breakthrough water. It's in the living water. Your, the, 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 the streams that make glad the city of our God. What happened was this spring, it goes south of Jerusalem, and Hezekiah the king realized that the number one strategy of enemy armies at that time was to put the city under siege, which meant we're going to shut your walls and starve you out because you can't get to your fields and you can't get to a source of water. So we'll make you starve to death until you surrender and let us take you over. Hezekiah said, if we had a source of water, they wouldn't be able to pull that crap. 
So, y'all, it's one of the archaeological wonders of, of the ancient world. He got a bunch of guys out there with hand tools, started from two different directions, and they were only within inches of each other. He rerouted the water of breakthrough, the Gihon Springs, right through the city of Jerusalem so that the enemy would not be able to cut the people off again. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. You, we will not be... What, what Hezekiah did was he redirected or he channeled his breakthrough into his famine. Is that all right? We good? Can we go, can we go a little bit deeper with this for just a minute? The Gihon Springs, the breakthrough water, is what the priest would use to draw water for the Feast of Tabernacles celebration. Because for the seven days of the Feast of Tabernacles, the priest would pour water on one side of the altar and wine at the other, giving thanks to God. And it was the, the breakthrough water, the waters of the Gihon Springs that they got that water from. The ancient Hebrew sages would tell you that you have never experienced real joy until you witnessed the water drawing ceremony. Because while the priest is pouring that water out and giving thanks to God, the rest of everybody is throwing a massive praise break. It would last all day, all night. He, they would say that the streets would come alive with celebration as everyone danced and I feel the Holy Ghost danced and sang and praised God for the joy that came from the breakthrough water. There is a river whose streams make glad. See, this is the same. This is the water that we're talking about digging deeper into. But watch it now. The Bible says in John chapter 7 that on the last day of the great feast, which feast? It's the feast of tabernacles. The last day of the feast, the priest is pouring out that water for the last time. And the Bible says in John chapter 7, verse, uh, verse uh, 38, it said that on the last great day of the feast, that Jesus of Nazareth stood up right there in the middle of that ceremony and said, anybody who is thirsty, let him come to me. For as the scripture has said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Jesus is saying, I'm going to put the breakthrough water in you. See, ah, he said, it says in John 36, in John 7, verse 39, John tells you when, that when Jesus said, I'm going to put it in water, rivers of living water from your innermost being, John said, and this he spoke of the spirit. Come on, it's Pentecost weekend. All roads lead back to the Holy Ghost. Come on, y'all. He said, I'm going to put that breakthrough water down on the inside of you. It's at the Gihon Springs, the breakthrough water. The water gate where Nehemiah stands up and has revival. People are repenting, coming back to the word of the Lord. And they're weeping before the Lord. And Nehemiah said, do not weep. Do not grieve. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. See, he was a Pentecostal. He said, because this is not a day of mourning. This day is holy to the Lord our God. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. That doesn't make any sense unless you understand that the joy comes from drinking out of the breakthrough water. The joy was a location, not a sensation. Y'all okay with me right now? <laughs> the water of breakthrough. Hallelujah. This is why in Isaiah chapter 12, I'm almost done. I don't know what we're going to do next. Are y'all okay? Okay. Half the fun of being Pentecostal is just not knowing what you're going to do next. Who wants to be bored? 
I mean, that's just dumb. It's Saturday morning. We might just as well go for it, right? Come on, keep on digging. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. I need you to understand that the word salvation there in the Hebrew is literally Yeshua. He has become my Yeshua. He has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation, from the springs of Yeshua. I said there's breakthrough in the water. Have you ever wondered? Right after Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. It's right after that. He has a major, major argument with religious officials in John chapter 8. It's the most non-seeker-sensitive message preached in the Word of God. Read that sometimes and then explain to me why you think I'm I'm harsh. Because Jesus was not nice. He told those boys that they were sons of the devil. That is not nice. Right? Okay, y'all okay with me right now? Okay. After he has this argument with religious leaders, Jesus goes out of that area and he comes up to this blind man. Blind from birth. Touches this guy. One of the main expectations of the Messiah was that he was going to open eyes of the blind. Jesus lays hands on this guy, puts mud on his eyes, and tells him, of all things, go and wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. In Hebrew, it is Siloch, but in either Hebrew or Greek, it means scent. But here's what I didn't know. When I studied this, the pool of Siloam, the ancients, the ancient Hebrews called it Messiah's pool because it kept them from being cut off from outside resources. It was, there is a river whose strings make like, guess what? The, the Gihon Springs, when Hezekiah rerouted that water through Jerusalem, guess where it emptied y'all? It emptied in the pool of Siloam. Now, when Jesus sent that boy to the pool of Siloam, he could have sent, he could have said, go find a water pot and wash your eyes. The washing wasn't the issue. The water was the issue. <coughs> I said the water was the issue. You had to have breakthrough water to get your eyes open. Come on, y'all. <laughs> when that guy comes back, the religious leaders kick him out of the synagogue. Don't you ever come back. They, a lot of blind people got healed in the four Gospels. A lot of blind people got healed. It would be difficult to trace how many. There's no way to really know how many blind people got healed in Jesus' earthly ministry. Only one of those guys gets kicked out of the synagogue. Why? Because Jesus, by healing him, with the breakthrough water from Messiah's pool, from the pool of Siloam, Jesus is saying, that's my water. I'm the source of that water. I am your breakthrough. I am the wellspring of salvation. I am the source of living water. And when you drink from me, you're not going to be thirsty for that religious junk anymore. It wasn't solving anything. It wasn't helping anything. I came to introduce you to living breakthrough water. There is revival in the water. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. (laughs) And that's why he could look at that young lady at the well 
Jacob's well and say, everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. The water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. I want to say this morning, revival is not for the special people. If you've got that concept, please get rid of it. I'm begging you. Because all you'll do is get yourself into arrogance and pride. Revival didn't come to John Kilpatrick, Nathan Morris, and Lydia Stanley at the time because we had our stuff together. It came because Jesus is the source of revival, and we were just hungry people, and he showed up. We didn't have nothing to do with it. I didn't sing a song that provoked it. Are y'all okay? Nathan didn't preach a sermon that made it happen. Come on, y'all. And it wasn't because John Kilpatrick had hosted a revival previously. There was hunger, and God is sovereign, and he showed up. But I came to tell you today, revival may not be for the special people, but that's good news for all of us in this room. Come on, in the middle of Texas, close to China, Texas, what in the world? We, we, I, don't, we, I looked at that sign, I said, I think we drove a little too far. <laughs> Just a bit too far. It's not for the special people. No, it's for those of us who actually have a real life. Come on, y'all. It's for those of us who, who clean our own houses. Come on, come on. Cook our own dinner. Go to real jobs. Come on. Revival water is something that Jesus wants to place on the inside of every hungry heart. He can take a life that is hungry and that will be the thing that sanctifies that life and sets it apart. And all of a sudden there will be a wellspring that that will never ever run dry. Keep on digging. Come on, are you ready? Stand with me all over the room. Hallelujah. Yes. What I want to do is I want to, we've put a track We've got a track that we, we're going to play right now. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. We're going to play a track. Um, what I like to see, that comes from being a worship pastor for such a long time. So many times the worship team doesn't get to get ministry. Sometimes it's nice for everybody to get to pray in the altar time. Perfect. That's awesome. Thank you. What I want to do right now is I'm going to invite you. If you're thirsty, if you, need to, if you need to get that shovel in the ground one more time, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do an act of faith. So I don't have shovels to pass out this morning, although that could have been really cool. But what I want to do is your act of faith of putting a shovel in the ground is going to look like you coming up here. And let's have a prayer meeting for a little while. Let's begin to cry out to heaven right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romo sakata. You say, I'm thirsty. I've been in a famine. I've been experiencing contention. I've experienced hostility from hell, antagonization. Well, come on down here. The Holy Ghost wants to put the well of living water on the inside of you. Jesus is the source of that living water. Come on, come on. Begin to cry out in here this morning. Come on. We cry out for this region, Lord. You can stand, you can kneel, nobody cares, it's okay, but begin to cry out out loud. Come on, use your voice and cry out to the Lord. Yeah, we dig a little deeper. We dig a little deeper. We will invest our lives in the season of famine. Because there's joy in the water. 
Yeah, there's joy in the water. Come on, let's cry out for revival in this region right now. Come on, we want a revival that hits every church. We want a revival that takes over this region in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, God, pour out your spirit. Let the waters of breakthrough flow in this region in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We decree we're going to keep on digging. And we will strike water in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. We cry out for the streams that make glad the city of our God. Yeah, I feel him beginning to flow in here. Come on. Come on, pray. Seed the ground with your prayer this morning. Come on. Seed the ground with your prayer this morning. I feel the flow of the river. Come on, cry out. Come on, cry out. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Come on, press this morning. Come on. Open up that mouth. Come on, pray out loud. Let's go. Raise up a generation, God. Raise up a generation who will seek your face. I cry out for this region. I cry out for this state. Father, I cry out for my nation in Jesus' name. God, pour out the Spirit of God from the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, pour out your Spirit in Jesus' name. Pour out your Spirit on every Republican state. Pour out your Spirit on every Democrat state in Jesus' name. God, we cry out for a great awakening once again in this nation. I cry out to you, Lord God, for a move of God, a move of your spirit to saturate the millennials, to saturate the older generation and everything in between. God, I cry out to you to raise up a generation that will talk in tongues by the time they're five years old in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody pray with me in here this morning. We're digging. This is digging. Come on. I cry out to you for the generation that will press in for signs and wonders and miracles because these signs follow those who believe in Jesus' name. I speak that miracles begin to break out in this region. Healing, healing, miracles, wonders in Jesus' mighty name. 
Let this become a hot spot for deliverance in Jesus' name. Let the captives be set free. Let every chain be broken. Let every tormenting spirit be driven out in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, pray. Let the waters of breakthrough surge forth in this region until every generational curse is broken in Jesus' name. Let it surge in this region until every chain of infirmity is broken in the name of Jesus. Come on, dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. Come on, just one more time. Dig a little deeper. For the glory of your name, we cry out, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit that the name of Jesus might be lifted high. Pour out your spirit. Oh, Father, I cry out. I cry out for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. In the name of Jesus, bring wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. I cry out. Open the eyes of our understanding. God, we dig a little deeper. Pour the waters of breakthrough over us this morning, Lord. Pour that revival water over us this morning, Lord. I speak refreshing to every thirsty soul. I speak, I speak in Jesus' name that confinement is being broken. I speak that confinement and containment have come to an end in Jesus' name. And I speak that we're moving into our Rehoboth season, our wide open spaces, where we're going to be able to contain what you're pouring out in Jesus' name. Church press. Church press. Come on, you said you're going to give a pushback praise. Press with me right now. Come on. Pour out your spirit. Right now, Phil, in Jesus' name, Phil, Phil, let the water flow, let the living water flow. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Now, now, now. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church, pray. Come on, church, pray. Keep on digging.
fresh touch in Jesus' name. Fresh touch in Jesus' name. Oh, go deep, Holy Ghost. Fresh touch, Holy Ghost. Now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, breakthrough in the water right now. Breakthrough in the water right now. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Katanda de Gamando Boroma Sanamandere Gamama ye Rabarabalanamane Amasonamaye. Fill him up, Holy Ghost. Come on, church, pray in here. Come on. Come on, this is a prayer meeting right now. Come on, pray. In Jesus' mighty name, touch your people, Lord. Touch your people, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus' name, now. Hallelujah. 
I rebuke exhaustion in Jesus' name. I rebuke physical exhaustion that comes from a spiritual attack. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I rebuke insomnia in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. Deep in Jesus' name. That's what breakthrough sounds like right there. Breakthrough in Jesus' name. Ha! Break in Jesus' name. Antene Kiondo. Yes, breakthrough. We decree it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mamba baba 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 Breakthrough. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. In Jesus' name. Oh, it's on you right there. It's on you. Take it. Take it. In Jesus' name. Take it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, breakthrough. Yes, God.
Hallelujah. Do you understand that when there's breakthrough in the water, deliverance is a thing? You understand this is normal, right? Can we give God praise for freedom? Can we give God praise for breakthrough? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, every hand lifted right now. Jesus, I thank you that as we keep on digging, the revival water, the breakthrough water, the living water is going to continue to flow. Father, I ask you right now to raise up a generation of revivalists from this area that will dig deeper, that will dig until we strike water in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you for the glory of your name. Give us the tenacity to keep on digging. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you agree, if you believe it, if you receive it, shout amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.
Well, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the word that was released this morning to us, to our region, to this house, to the pastors here. Father, we thank you. It doesn't fall on on deaf ears or deaf hearts. Father, we receive it with gladness and joy, Father, into our hearts and our spirits. Father, we thank you, Lord, that um, these series of meetings are divine appointments with strategies and signposts on what we're to do next. And we thank you, Lord, for that divine direction. Father, as we leave today and we go to grace tonight at 6, Father, I just ask you that you add, continue to add layers of your presence. Father, I thank you for each person here, those that are watching, and we ask you, Lord, to bless them. Let there be significant suddenlies that begin to take place. And Father, we thank you for a fresh impartation of your power and your presence and your fire upon each person in this room. We thank you for it. If you did not get prayer today and you want prayer, I want you to come right now. If we somehow missed you and you want prayer, come forward. Kids, that includes you. If you want prayer, kids, come forward. We love you. Uh, bless you. Thank you for being here. Those watching, thank you for watching online. You guys have a great, great day. and We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock at Grace Church Inviter. Have a great weekend. Bless you. If you need prayer, come.